Good morning and welcome to Springbrook Community Church. My name is Kathy Udis and I am feeling so blessed to lead you in worship today. Um, for those of you who are online, we are so happy that you're here and we love everyone who's here in person. Um, if you uh, want to chat with someone, we have some online hosts. All you need to do is click on request prayer and um, they will be happy to pray with you or uh, answer any questions. We would love to hear from you. So um, happy Mother's Day to all of you, all you moms. We just love that you're here and we love what you do. And I just want to uh, celebrate all the moms and anyone who knows a mom and anyone who has had a mom and anyone who helps moms because moms need help. <laughs> I was one, so I am one. So anyway, um, I want to tell you what God has to say about our moms. He says uh, in, in Isaiah 66, 13, As one whom his mother comforts, so I comfort you. That is such a relief. I love that he comforts us. So if you will join me, if you wouldn't mind standing in uh, spirit or uh, person, <laughs> um, let's start some worship.
John 14, 27, and Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, and let it be fearful. So when we find strength to face the day in God's presence, all our fears will be washed away. Let us continue to worship together.
Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing us mercy because we need it all the time. Oh, Lord, you are so good. We just love you so much, and we are so grateful. Lord, as we continue with our days worshiping of you, I just pray that you will speak to us individually. I know there's messages you have for us. So in your word and in the teaching today, Lord, I just pray that our hearts and our minds and our souls will be open to what you want to teach us today. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Well, good morning and welcome to Springbrook. We are so glad that you are here with us this morning. If you're a mother this morning, we want to wish you a special uh, day today. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. It's probably, this, hopefully, hopefully it's the 10th time you've heard that today. It's a special day that we uh, can celebrate our moms in this way, and we're glad that you're here with us. It was really encouraging to be able to talk with those of you that were watching online with us this morning in terms of understanding what encourages you as a mother and what can we do to encourage mothers and I think it was unanimous that just simple words of encouragement uh, are important at this time. So we hope that you feel uh, special today, and uh, we're glad that you are with us. Uh, Be sure to say uh, hello if you're on the online chat, if you're with us uh, today uh, here. We're so glad that you're with us. You've got that connection card that's in your chair. I just want to encourage you at any point during the service, you can take that out. You can fill that out. Uh, If you have any questions about our ministry, if we can pray for you in any way, uh, there's a place for you to share that uh, on that connection card. And then if you're a first-time guest with us this morning, you can share with us as much information as you feel comfortable sharing, we're glad you're with us. If you're a regular attender of Springbrook, we're glad you're here as well. And you can drop that connection card off uh, in the back on the way out this morning. Hey, just wanted a couple of quick announcements. I know our men's gathering is going to be kicking off uh, tomorrow, Monday, <laughs> May 15th. We've got some guys that are going to be getting together uh, the third, third Monday of each month to go through uh, some of the, uh, the lessons that were learned from our Men's No Regrets gathering, and so they've got a schedule uh, on their website. A couple of guys are going to be getting together here just to encourage one another, pray for one another, and uh, study together. So if you want, guys, if you're interested in that and you, know, you want to know more information, you can find uh, that on our website or on our Springbrook app as well, but plan on joining them here at, at Springbrook at 645 is when they're going to start. They've got some snacks and refreshments, and then they're going to move into the lesson at 7. So if you have any questions, uh, you can contact uh, any member of the team. It's on the website and the app as well if you've got any questions. Then I also wanted to let you know, if you have a college student or if you have somebody in your family that's 18 years or older that's looking for a summer job, uh, Converge has a camp uh, it's Center Lake Bible Camp up in Tuscan, Michigan, and they are looking to hire uh, five guys and two ladies to be camp counselors uh, over the summer. And so the pay is great. You get to invest in the lives of kids. You have a great time at this camp. Uh, but if you want to know more information about that, you can go to our website, uh, springbrook.org slash camp. This information is on our app as well, but it's a great opportunity to make some extra cash and invest in the lives of uh, students. And so if you want to know more information, uh, you can visit the website. Please pass this on if you think you know somebody that might be uh, interested. And then I also wanted to let you know that next Thursday uh, at 7 p.m., we're going to have a, a Zoom gathering, uh, just an update on some staff transitions. We got some updates on VBS, and I had to apologize um, to Vicki 
um, about our grief share group, and she's done a fantastic job leading that, so there's a little bit of a conflict with grief share, and our worship team's here on 7. Uh, we will record that. We'll have that update on our website as well, but if you're uh, just interested about some of the things that are happening staff-wise, or if you have some questions about B- BBS, you want to be sure to join that, us for that. Um, springbrook.org, it's on our website. It's on our app, like I mentioned. If you don't have our app, you just text Springbrook app to 77977. We'll drop around your device, uh, but we want to make sure that we keep everyone up to date with some of the some of the great things that are happening uh, that God's moving in through our staff. And then also, if you have a story to share about where God's at work, we'd love the opportunity to, to hear your story about where God's at work. We like to share stories of God's faithfulness as he's working in and through our congregation. So we'd love to hear a story if you've got one to share. Last week, I got to hear a story that I'm going to share with you today from a lady that was serving on one of the ministry teams. And uh, she said this, she was serving with one of the gentlemen on her team, and the, and the gentleman told her, hey, next Sunday, I hope you have a great, happy Mother's Day. And then he said this to her. He said, I'm not a parent, but you were anointed by God for your role and your job as a mother. And she says it really hit her, and it felt so good to be seen and encouraged in that role. It was so encouraging, I shared that message with two other moms. And I walked over and I told them, you know what? You are anointed to be a mother. A few minutes later, she heard one of the other mothers that she had just told, passing that on to yet another mom. <laughs> you see how encouragement works? When we encourage others, it's such a blessing. It's a blessing for us to be able to encourage others. It's a blessing for them to be able to pass that blessing on. And so I just want to encourage you that if you have a story you'd like to share, we'd love the opportunity to uh, hear your story. It's on our website, it's on our app. It's really easy. You can email it. You can do a video uh, if you want to know more information about how to share the, a story, please uh, let us know. We'd love to celebrate uh, with you what God is doing. It's important that we encourage one another. And we are all at different places in our, in our roles. Uh, some are married, some are not. Some are moms, some are not. You know, regardless of where our role is, what our status is today, we have an opportunity to be an encouragement uh, to our moms. And so let's watch this video together, and then we're going to come uh, back together in just a moment to look at some lessons we can learn uh, from the book of Second Timothy. Today is Mother's Day, and we want to acknowledge all the women we're blessed to know. We rejoice over you, for your strength, your wisdom, your strong love, and your beautiful faith. Whether today is a celebration for you or a day of quiet reflection and healing, we're thinking of all of you. If you gave birth this year to your first child, our joy overflows, and we celebrate with you. If you adopted a child this year or became a foster parent, we rejoice with you and we want to honor you in your commitment to changing the lives of children. If you continue to struggle with infertility, we are hoping with you and holding your hand in prayer. If you are exhausted and feeling underappreciated for all you do for a house full of kids, we applaud you. We love you. And we appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. And if you lost a child this year to death or miscarriage, we weep and mourn with you. And if your child is lost to addiction or to the world, we hurt with you. And we join you in putting our hope in the one who brings prodigals home. If you live with painful memories of your mom, We pray that you will find in a spiritual mother all that you never had from a birth mom. 
And if you're one of those amazing spiritual moms, we thank you for stepping up and being there when others couldn't. If you're experiencing an empty nest for the first time this year, we walk with you in this new season and are excited about the next chapter God has planned for you. If you're single, we celebrate your strength, beauty, and individuality and join with you in praying for the desires of your heart. If you're a single mom and wonder if you have the physical energy and financial resources to raise and provide for your child or children, we want to help you, and we will. And if you're pregnant for the first time, we prayerfully anticipate with you the joyful birth of a healthy child. And to all the special women on this Mother's Day, rest and delight in knowing that we are thankful for you, and we celebrate each and every one of you. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> you know, we all have a, uh, a role to play on Mother's Day for our moms today. Um, we just hope that, that you feel special. It's an opportunity for us to be able to encourage one another, and uh, we're so glad that you are with us today. And I hope that um, you just have a sense of God's presence as we move through our time together this morning. If you uh, brought a Bible with you, I want to encourage you to turn with me for a moment to the book of 2 Timothy. Uh, it's all, you know, go to the middle and then start moving to the right, actually close to the end. Uh, or if you're watching online or if you've got a device with you, you can follow along uh, with us there. Or you can just listen as I read along. Beginning in 2 Timothy, verse 1, Paul is writing and he says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you consistently in my prayers day and night. I remember your tears as I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into a flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, sharing sufferings for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our own works, but because of his own purpose and his grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality and light to us through the gospel. You know, Paul acknowledges the legacy of his faith through his ancestors. Not just speaking of an ancestral heritage going back to the New Testament, but as he thinks about the role that his parents and their parents have played in the formation of his faith. And then he offers up a prayer of thanksgiving for Timothy's faith and the legacy of his faith that has been passed down to him. A legacy is a generational issue. You can only have a legacy if there's somebody to pass it on to. And so a legacy is a generational issue. A legacy is passed from generation to generation. And regardless of our current roles or situation, every one of us has or has had parents. We've all had a mother and a father. We're not defining that right now, but we're recognizing the fact that God has created us with a plan and a purpose. He has something for us. And, and, and you know, the, the idea of the joining of a man and a woman together 
for creation in that purpose? That was God's idea. It was God's idea that a man and a woman would, would become one flesh, that they, would, that they would conceive children. And children are God's idea as well. Every child is created and known by God. There are no accidents. Jeremiah 1.5, God says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God has a plan and a purpose for every child, which is why life is so important. It's why a baby's life is so important. It was so encouraging to be able to see how many of our families in Springbrook and how many people in Springbrook were a part of our Informed Choices Hike for Life last weekend. Just be able to come together to, to celebrate and support women and men that are making decisions, life decisions, about what to do with their babies. We want to celebrate life. No life is an accident. Every child is important. And parenthood comes second only to putting God first in our life. When we look at the Ten Commandments, we're told that we're to have no other gods before our God. We're not to make any graven images in his likeness. We're not to use his name in vain. And we're supposed to keep the Sabbath day and we're to keep it holy. All four of those first commandments point us to the reality of of who God is and how to have a, a relationship with him. And then when you move to the fifth commandment, it's how we relate to one another. And the fifth commandment says this, we are to honor our fathers and our mothers. Parenthood is a blessing. Children are a blessing. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is encouraging Timothy to encourage him in his faith. Not to be ashamed of his faith in Christ, but to instead embrace it. God's strength and power working in and through him. 2 Timothy chapter 1 is a call to faithfulness and to perseverance in the face of opposition with a focus on the importance of sound teaching and keeping our eyes focused on God's power and guidance. You know, we are in a series called Sent, and we've been looking at the various appearances of Jesus between the time that he was resurrected and he's ascending into heaven. For 40 days, Jesus appeared to his disciples and we've been looking at lessons and principles that we can learn through Jesus' conversation with his disciples during those appearances. And so that's what this series is, has been about. You know, today I want to pause for a moment to look at the importance of our sharing our faith with our families, beginning with our children. You see, Jesus empowers us to live missionally as we think about what it means to have an influence on our communities and our workplaces and, and with the people around us. But, but God has called the us to be sometimes missionaries in our own home. And so that's where the mission begins, right? And so we want to take some time to celebrate mothers. We want to talk about the importance of uh, just what it means to be investing in the lives of our children. And we're going to look at the example of two godly women in Scripture from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to make three observations about faith. The first observation about faith that we saw from our passage this morning was is that faith is generational. Faith is generational. We saw in 1 Timothy, in verse 5, Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that what? That dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. And then it dwelt in your mother, Eunice. And now I am sure that it dwells in you. And so this faith that has been passed down has been passed down generationally. It it began with with Timothy's grandmother, Lois. It got passed down to Eunice. And now Timothy has embraced this faith. It's a generational faith. And parents are influential when it comes to understanding, sharing our faith with our kids, but especially our moms. 
moms have a special place in the heart of their children. I know my dad looks for it. I know my dad's watching online. I love you, dad. (laughs) My mom has a special place in my heart, though. There's nothing that replaces a mother's love. We had an opportunity to watch our uh, grandkids a couple of weeks ago. I had Ezra and Silas, uh, four going on five and one going on two. And uh, we love babysitting them. And so, you know, the first couple of hours at Grandma and Grandpa's house, it is so much fun. You know, they're looking forward to being there. You know, we spoil them, yada, yada. But you know what happens around bedtime? <laughs> Where's Mama? Where's Mama? <laughs> and then by the time they're going to bed, it's like, oh, we're going to have fun. Where's Mama? And then they wake up and go, Where's Mom? <laughs> Usually it takes a couple of days for that to wear off. You know, we had it for three days last week. And by the end of the third day, I think they got accustomed to us. But they missed their mom. Not that they didn't miss their dad. Not that they weren't having fun with us. But the role of a mom in a child's life cannot be understated of its importance. Moms have a special place in the influence of their kids. And kids don't automatically get their faith from their parents. You know, faith is not something that can just get passed down in a sense that I have it and I'm going to give it to you. It must be embraced and accepted and believed. You know, Ephesians 2 says that faith is a gift from God. John 6, says that no one can come to faith unless the Father draws him to Christ. And then we see in John 10, it says that faith is not of ancestral descent nor by the will of man. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And so as parents, we can't save our kids. We can't give them our faith. We can pass down with them the things that we believe and what we know and we find in Scripture, and we can help them to understand how to have a relationship with Christ, but it must be embraced by them on their own. But the parent's responsibility for sharing is so important. Faith is passed down from generation to generation, and ideally, it happens best in the home. It is better for kids to come to faith at a young age them waiting until they're 33 years old and their marriage is a train wreck and they're struggling with something and, and God gets their attention. You know, I came to faith when I was 33 years old. Everything, my life was a wreck and I went into church to give this God thing a try before I came to understand my need for a relationship with Christ. And having embraced that and seen that and understood the blessing of now helping my children understand what they can be spared from. I wish, I watch, my wife serves in Awana, we love her. She serves in our children's ministry and our children's ministry is so important and the work that you're doing with your kids is so important. And if they can embrace that faith at a younger age, I tell you, it's gonna spare them from everything. Most of what I had to experience, I mean, it doesn't guarantee, you know, the, the fact that they're not gonna have any troubles, but their lives are better. And so I've been, you know, I love listening to people share their faith stories. I love it when somebody makes a faith commitment, when they get baptized. And, and so I know I've never heard the same faith story twice. And uh, a lot of times people, when they're sharing a testimony, they'll go, well, my faith story wasn't as dramatic as yours. It's like, thank God. <laughs> I get excited when I hear somebody made a faith commitment as a young child. They grew up in a home where they embraced understanding a relationship with Christ. They understood the Bible. And I think about all the things that God's going to spare them from. It is so important that we help our kids to understand how to have a relationship with Christ and that they embrace that at a young age and that happens best in the home. And our ministry is important to that. And so missions is important. Our ministry is important. Our children's ministry is vital part of our ministry as we help parents and support parents to understanding how to raise their kids up with an understanding how to have a relationship with Christ. Our children's ministry is designed to support parents in raising their children up. 
our ministry is designed to help parents as they think about what, is, what do I believe and what am I helping my kids to believe. And so we have a holistic approach to ministry at Springbrook. We care about adults. We care about men and women, singles and married. And we care about our students who are in high school and struggling to try to figure out how to transition into adulthood. We care about students and we care about kids. We have a holistic approach to ministry that is family-oriented at Springbrook because it takes all of us working together to encourage one another and grow one another up in the faith. But it is better for kids to come to faith in Christ when they are young. Blessings in the family come from parents that have a fear of the Lord. And they have the responsibility to help those kids understand what it means to have a relationship. In Deuteronomy 6, God says this, The words that I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall what? You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. It is important that we help our kids to understand how to have a relationship with Christ and understand who God is the love that he has for them. And it's there that blessing comes from. Psalm 128.3 says, Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus the man shall be blessed who fears the Lord. When a household understands and has God in its rightful place in their family, there are blessings that come from that. And so moms, I want to encourage you this morning. The work that you are doing with your kids is important. The influence that you have with your kids is important. Timothy's grandmother and mom were the only spiritual influence in his house. In Acts chapter 16, Paul says that when he got to Derby and to Lystra, there was a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. He's talking about Eunice. But his father was a Greek. And so he did not embrace the faith. So you have a mom that is a believer and a father that is not in and, and, Eunice, along with Lois, invested in Timothy. And men, I want to encourage you, don't let your wife be the only spiritual influence in your children's life. Don't let your wife be the one that has the responsibility for being the only one that helps you understand your kids how to have a relationship with Christ. And ladies, if your husband is not a spiritual influence, then don't be discouraged. Pray for your husband. Pray for your family. Pray for your kids. Your faith matters. At Springbrook, it's our desire to support everyone as we think about how do we help each of us become fully devoted, passionate followers about Christ. And it's important because faith is generational. The things that we are doing today impact the next generation. Faith is generational. The other thing that that we know about faith is that it must be sincere. The second observation about faith is that it must be sincere. Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. (laughs) Not that I'm just reminded of your faith. Not that I just saw some things in you that were interested. There was a sincerity about what Paul saw in the grandmother Lois and the mother Eunice and now is dwelling in Timothy. You know what this is? Anybody? Shout out. <laughs> if you were hungry right now, could you eat that? <laughs> so it's not really an apple, right? It's a picture of an apple. Now this, this is an apple. 
I was going to eat it to kind of make an illustration, but, but I did not want the juice running down my beard. I didn't want to mess up my mic. I am hungry. I, I typically try to get something to eat. I get here a little bit too early for breakfast. I will ask every single one of you after the service, hey, what are you doing for lunch? What are you doing for lunch? <laughs> I am hungry. The thought of eating this right now is tempting to me. I can't eat that. That's a picture. It's a fake. It's an illustration. This, though, is real. This is the real deal. Sincere faith is something that is pliable, you, tangible. You could touch it. You could do something with it. There's something about a sincere faith that is different from something that is fake, is there not? Faith is not about going to church on Sunday. That's not what faith is about. We are gathered here together today because of our faith in Christ, in Christ. And so we, we gathered together today because of our faith. Faith is not just coming to church. It's a result of who we are in our relationship and, and the fact that God's calling us into a relationship with himself. And we've got questions. We want answers. We want to grow. We want to encourage one another. And so I grew up thinking that I was a Christian because I went to church. Going to church on Sunday morning does not make you a Christian any more than the picture of that apple will help satisfy your hunger. Genuine faith is what we're talking about here. You know, we don't read through the Bible so that we can get some good tips on how to live. You're not going to find any good tips on how to live when you read through Scripture. We read the Bible so that our relationship with God will grow. We read and we study it and we reply it and we reflect on it so that it will change us. It's not a book with some good tips on how to live life. It, it tells you about what life is. And so there's a difference between faith and sincere faith. You know, sincere faith is something that is tangible. It, it changes everything about our worldview. And one of the reasons I believe that so many people are confused about Christianity is because what they hear people saying and what they see people doing are disconnected. Because people's faith is not genuine. Sometimes the worst enemy for the Christian faith is what people find that people that call themselves Christians. We are called to be men and women of genuine faith. In Matthew 7, there's a warning. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but outwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by what? By their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No, that's a rhetorical question. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. False prophets are those that teach in a way that is contrary to what we find in Scripture. I don't know what your experience has been, but there's a lot of teaching going on out there that doesn't fall in line with what I find in Scripture. We are to be aware of false prophets. You see that in false teaching. But there are also those that are there are hypocrites that are, that, whose faith and works don't go together, and they are just as dangerous as those that are teaching false doctrine. For example, we cannot say that Jesus is a priority in our life, that he is the most important thing in our life, and then ignore what we're doing together this morning. This is important. You know, we come together to celebrate together. You know, this is an important part of how we live out our faith. Church is important. In Colossians 1.18, it says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the head of this church. Jesus is the head of every local church. 
He is over it. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be what? Preeminent, that he might have first place in everything, in our time, in our finances, in our relationships, in our families, in our jobs. He is the head over all things, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Jesus is the head of the church, and if he's important, we know that his church is important. In 1 Corinthians 12, just as the, it says that just as the body is one, it has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so it is with Christ. We are the body of Christ. Church is an important part of how we encourage one another, how we grow in our faith, and how we, how we are a light to a watching world that has questions about who God is. What we're doing is important. Church is important. We are one in spirit. We were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free. All were made to drink from one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. The body of Christ, the church, is important. Now, if anybody has any thoughts about this, I'd really like to hear what you find in the Bible. But what if, what if what we find in church attendance is indicative or reflective of what we find of people of genuine faith? What if there is a link between what we find in church attendance and, and what we see in genuine faith? You know, who we are together has a huge impact on generational faith. I found this uh, article last week, the Christian Post. It was about, it's about 10 years old. I was trying to find something newer. But it says this, when you think about generational faith. If you have a father and a mother that have a genuine faith, then statistically, you know, you'll see maybe 33% of the kids that will have a genuine faith that will be reflected in their participation in the larger body of Christ. You'll see fruit in their lives. Even if both parents have a genuine relationship with Christ, 42% of kids are typically indifferent. And then 25% of kids don't have a relationship with Christ. And so just be, you know, it's important that we pray for our kids it's important that we encourage them and help them to understand how to have a relationship. And even if you work really hard at it, there's no guarantees. But we need to pray for our kids, right? But if you take the data out of the picture and the mom continues to be faithful, it drops to 3% of kids that will continue to have a genuine faith. 59% are different, and 39% will have no relationship with Christ. If the dad doesn't have any faith at all, and the mom continues to remain faithful, a little bit of a dip in genuine a little bit of a different, different, but look what happens to the kids that don't have a relationship with Christ. You know, one of the reasons why Christianity is having less and less of an impact in our jobs, in our community, in our culture, is because of us. You know, we have to live our faith out in a way that others understand what it means to have a relationship with Christ. We have to live out genuine faith. And I typically, um, you know, take statistics like this. I question the accuracy of every survey. And so I look at this, I'm thinking, are you sure about that? Where'd you get those numbers? (laughs) I would not run around throwing these numbers out. I share them with you this morning to illustrate a point, that in general, our faith must be sincere. Our faith must be genuine because it impacts what happens generationally. And we are better together. And so I don't know if these statistics are all accurate, but I do know that the genuineness of our faith impacts what we pass down to our kids. 
We have to have a genuine faith. Donald Whitney in his book, Spiritual Disciplines, talks about some of the fruit, some of the things that you expect to see in the life of a Christ follower. He talks about, we read read scripture, we pray, we worship together like this. There's scriptural meditation, we share our faith, there's serving together, there's stewardship of time and our finances, there's scriptural application, there's fasting. This is a list, and you know, it's a nice list, and it's overwhelming to think about, do I have to do them all at once? (laughs) Uh, Donald's book, by the way, is out on uh, our bookshelf. It's a, a chair three, a chair two book. And so we want to help people get connected to a relationship with Christ. We want to help them grow in their faith. We want to equip them to ministry. And we want to release them and empower them to go into the world. And so this is a chair two resource that helps us to understand how do we grow in our faith. Okay, I've made a faith commitment. Now what? What does it mean to grow in our faith? What are some of the things that you expect to find in the life of someone that is living out a genuine faith? And so Donald offers this biblical perspective up on what it might look like. But there's two things that we know about faith from our text this morning. We know that it's generational, and we know that it must be sincere. And the third observation I want to make is the fact that our faith matters. What you believe matters. In 2 Timothy 1.8, down to verse 8, Paul says this, Don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus. Before the ages began, there are no accidents in this life, in which he has now manifested through the appearing of our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought about life and immortality to light through the gospel. You know, I have heard parents say that, um, that we're going to let our kids make up their own mind. That when they grow up, they can choose what to believe. We don't want to force our beliefs on our kids. I'm telling you, that is the biggest mistake a parent could make. There is nothing more important than your faith. There's nothing more important than helping your kids to be prepared for going out into that world that has fallen and broken. There's going to be suffering, and you have got to prepare your kids for that. You're not just going to turn them loose and say, good luck. We have to equip and prepare our kids for what's going to be coming their way when they get out into that world. We're not going to just let them figure that out for themselves. Faith matters because that's where we are saved. You know, salvation comes through Christ and through Christ alone. I'm not going to hope my kid figures that out. That's important. You know, would you throw your car keys to a 12-year-old and say, hey, good luck figuring out how to drive. Call me if you have any questions. You're not going to do that. How much more important than driving a car is understanding how to live life and the purpose of life and where you're going to spend eternity? We can't let our kids figure that out on their own. We have the responsibility of sharing what we believe with our kids. Faith matters. It's important. Faith matters because we face suffering in this life, and the sincerity of our faith is going to be tested. In Matthew 7, 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and then does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house, but it did not fall because it has been on a foundation of rock. 
Isn't that a great prayer for your kids that no matter what comes your way, you're going to be able to withstand it? The best thing that a husband can do for their children is to see him love their wife with godly love. The best thing a mother can do is to invest and train and, and help your kids to understand what it means to have a relationship with Christ. We build on a foundation in our families so that our kids can withstand things that are going to come their way. And they're going to come their way, right? I mean, we can only keep them at home for so long. I can keep my kids at home. I can, I mean, I can teach them at home. I can keep them at home. You're not going out. You're not going to go into the public school. You're not going to get a, you know, not going to get a job at that place. I mean, we can protect our kids. You know what happens? They become adults. And at some point, you're not going to be here. That's the bottom line. We're all going to go to be with the Lord. At some point, our kids are going to be on their own. And we need to make sure that they've got a foundation of rock so that they can withstand the things that are going to be coming their way. Our faith matters. It's important. It's important because of what's happening out there. And it's important because we're all going to face suffering. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them are going to be what? Like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat the house down, it fell. And great was the fall because of it. And so we need to make sure that our kids have a firm foundation. Our faith matters. Our faith matters because we need it to be saved. You know, Romans 3.23 says, all of us have sinned. Every single one of us falls short of God's perfection. Every one of us has sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's the reality of being human. God has a plan and a purpose for all. There are no accidents in life, but we also know that sin is a condition. It's not just a behavior. Every single one of us has a sin problem. As one trespass led to the condemnation for all men, so the act of righteousness that leads to justification and life happens through a man as well. We all suffer from this fallenness and brokenness because of Adam. Thanks, Adam. But the good news is this, that through Christ we can begin to recover and pursue God's original design for us. Our faith matters. Because that's how we know where we're going to spend eternity. That's how we know how to be saved. There's nothing more important than what we believe about God and our understanding about Christ. If we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's faith. And faith matters. Faith matters because there's suffering in the world and and, and our faith enables us to stand up and to persevere against the things that are coming our way, faith matters. Faith matters because all of us fall short of God's standard of perfection. We're all in desperate need of being saved, and Jesus is the only solution. Faith matters. You know, from our text this morning, as Paul's talking to Timothy, we know that faith is generational. We know that our faith must be sincere, and we know that faith matters. Moms, you have been anointed in your position as a mom. You have been set apart. You are important. And it is your role to to guide and develop your children. All of us have a role to play in reaching the next generation. But there's something special about our moms. And regardless of where you find yourself this morning, I pray that, um, that you'll feel the specialness of this day as either mom or as a parent or maybe as a child or just as you think about what it means to encourage people around you in their parenthood and that journey, we need to encourage uh, one another. If you have questions about how to have a relationship with Christ, if you want to know more, we'd really love the opportunity to talk with you. But Proverbs 1.8 says this, 
Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are graceful garland to your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. We have a special role in the lives of our kids to help them to understand our instruction and our teaching, and it's there that blessings come. If you want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ, if you're thinking, hey, this is great, what's my next step? I want to encourage you this morning that if you don't have a relationship with Christ, that's the line that needs to be drawn first. Because it's our faith matters. What you believe right now is going to be passed down to the next generation. Faith is generational. And we have to have a sincerity about our faith. And so it's like, well, I think, I don't know, I'm not sure. And you can settle that in your mind today. Faith is important and it matters. And so we want to help you be able to solve that question in your mind. If you have questions about faith commitment, getting baptized, if we can help you get connected, we'd love the opportunity to help you be able to explore how you can become all that God has for you so that you can be an influence generationally on our kids in this next generation. And so you can text any of those numbers, you can scan that QR code. But I just want to encourage you, our worship team is going to come out now and um, as they lead us in this next song, I just want to Thank you for being with us to celebrate this special day. I pray that you have a continued sense of God's presence in your life, but I'd like to pray a special blessing um, over our moms this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank you uh, for this day you've given us today. And um, I know that um, each one of us uh, comes into this place. We've gathered together, and every single one of us is at a different place in our lives. We have different things going on in our lives. We all play different roles. Some are moms. There's different types of moms that we think about some of the things that they're struggling with this morning i was talking to a mom that reached out you know via text and she's a single mom with with two kids and she her car's broken down and she's trying to figure out how to provide and and she just asked for prayer and i just i think all of us get to that point where we just we recognize we need you and so god i just pray for our moms together this morning that wherever they find themselves god that they would be that they would be blessed that they would understand the importance of their role and that they would be encouraged today um, God, as we've celebrated the importance of understanding you know, our faith. But God, we pray a special blessing on our moms. For those of us that are husbands or if we're not married or maybe we're just here, I pray that we would be an encouragement to our moms. It is important that we encourage one another. And so God, I pray that they would be encouraged, that they would be blessed. God, we commit this day to you. We look forward to all that you have for us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand in body or in spirit.
Thank you again for being with us this morning. Ladies, we have some uh, special gifts for you out in the lobby. We've got some uh, cookies. I want to thank Mary Zaletti for making those. They're absolutely gorgeous. And Shannon, yeah. <laughs> and Shannon Miller uh, got some keychains. There's some bookmarks. There's some little notepads out there. We've got some candy out there for the kids. And so be sure to grab something on your way out. I hope you have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Uh, God bless you.